what you want, when you want it, where you want it. This is The Mesh. Brothers in Tech is a weekly podcast focused on personal and home technology, helping provide you, our fellow brothers and sisters in tech, with some information, assistance, and recommendations. In this episode of Brothers in Tech, Brian and I compare our essential computer applications, aka those apps that we use on a daily basis and can't or prefer not to live without. Our choices are so similar, you might even think we were related. Here on Brothers in Tech. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Brothers in Tech here on the Mesh.tv podcast network. My name is Alan Jackson, and over to my right, if you're watching on video over this way, is my brother, Brian Jackson. My brother, my brother in tech, my brother in life. Uh, You're actually my brother. Actual brother, yeah. Actual brother. You could have stopped stopped it, brother, but I like how you, Mm -hmm. you know, provide all the clarifications of our brotherhood. So, I got to clarify for everybody. Make sure everybody knows no. the relationship here. Uh, Brian's out I on the West. I appreciate that you're owning, it, owning all of them now. It used to not be the case. <laughs> I used to. So. There was a long period of time I did not acknowledge any of that. But um, yeah, I've, I've gotten older. I've matured. Um, we're in a good you, spot. Uh, good. Brian's out on the West Coast. That's one of the reasons we get along so well. We don't see each other that often. So That's right. Um, That's right. Pretty much here on the screen is about the only time we really have any time to chat all we do is talk about technology so we figure well let's just go ahead and turn it into a podcast and just see what happens for our eight listeners or however many there are oh we've increased any given time okay (laughs) (laughs) somebody told me yesterday they said uh yeah i i I listen to the show i'm like oh okay i did not that that changes you're the one that 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 actually is somebody that's not a family member listening to our show that was impressive to hear so yeah good if That's you are cool not a, a member, if you're not a member of the Jackson family and you are listening to this show, we'd, we'd like to hear from you. We'd like to know that you <laughs> exist. Like to know so who you are. at the end of the show, we're going to give you a way to contact us. We'd just love to love to hear from you. Be great. That would be great. To hear that. that would yeah. be great. Um, so Brian, we wrestled with what we were going to talk about tonight. We've been just debating it and workshopping this episode long, for long, a really long time. Long time. Mm-hmm. Um, Probably a good, I don't know, three, four minutes before we went on the air. Maybe, um, maybe four, right? Maybe, maybe that four. much. Mm-hmm. We figured what we would do, because honestly, we had a great topic all planned, and we realized we we already did it, like, not too <laughs> long ago. Um, and that would have been really... Yeah, that was my bad. That was my no, bad. No, no. Look, I mean, you, you mentioned didn't catch the topic. It. You didn't catch it. You mentioned so. it to me, and I'm just like, "Oh yeah, sure, let's do that. That sounds great." And then as soon as I'm writing the notes, I'm like, "This all sounds really familiar. Like I think we went through this recently." Yeah. And yeah. Uh, because of the the internet and everything's recorded and stored on the internet, you're able to look up and see that yes, you actually did talk about this not very long ago. So we are regrouping, yeah. and we came up with I think a really fun idea that we're going to do. That's going to dig into a little bit of more how you and I um, use our computers on a daily basis. So this is going to be kind of fun, I think, uh, because we've always talked about all these topics that we want to educate people on about technology when it comes to home and personal and family technology. It's what this show's all been about, and we are constantly giving out recommendations of apps that we've started using or ones we really like. But I don't, you and I have never really traded notes on what our actual day to day computing life looks like, like the applications we use, why we use them, which ones we use are using the most and for what purposes. 
what are those applications you and I both use that we just cannot do without or function without uh, from an important yeah. standpoint. So it's going to be a good time to kind of swap notes. And I'm, I'm curious, Brian, to see what you, mm, what you use and what you, what your computing life looks like on a daily basis. And well, I, I'm sure I don't mine looks, care about mine. I'm sure but, mine you know, looks better my, than yours. So whatever it is that you do, I think I do that a little bit better is basically. Well, see, now I we're actually going to have a basis to compare this. All right. Okay. Yeah. Cause before we just both lived in a world where we thought, our way of computing was the best. And now we're going to be able to compare notes and know that for sure or not. I'm not so. exactly sure I want to leave that world. I, I like living in that world. I like living in my little bubble to think that I do. Your little bubble best. where, yeah, everything is best for Brian. I, I understand. <laughs> well, well, Alan, we did, yeah. we did do this, uh, a version of this with our phone, which I thought was actually kind of fun where you and I yeah. did, you know, what's on your home screen, right? Because of course, for us, the apps on the home screen were, we, consider the most important apps because we use them most often, right? So this is, in a way, this is like what's on, you know, what's on your daily computer screen um, mm-hmm. and, you know, how is it that we're using the computer? I think, yeah, I think this would be, this would be fun, but I, but I think I want to, I want to maybe challenge us a little bit toward the end okay. too, to say, all right, this is what we do. These are the things we use, but could we use less? And if so, how, right? How could you trim that down a little bit if you had to desert Island sort of thing. So I think as we go through, let's, let's try to see if we can defend what we use and then let's see if we can figure out more efficient ways that we could do it if we had to. So I think that would be, that'd be kind of interesting. Yeah. No, I think we can do that. Absolutely. I think we can, let's, let's talk. I think you and I, we did talk beforehand there. We, we probably have around maybe six or seven apps that we each feel like these are our this is our daily computing life. In other words, these are the apps we use. These are the programs that we use on our computer and for what purposes uh, that if we didn't have these seven, we really aren't doing a whole lot on our computer right. outside of these seven. So, uh, so I think we can start with that. And then I, then I'd like to circle back with that challenge you mentioned as well about how can we pare that down to one, two or three apps and still feel like we can function and, and get anything done on our computer on a, on a routine basis. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, and we both have them kind of ranked as well, like, you know, most important app, most important function on our computer down to our, our, of uh, the seven of the, the seventh most important, not saying it's not right. important because obviously it's on the list of important apps, but least of this list. Yeah. Um, so do we want to start with number one? Yeah. Just kind of throw I, it I out there. So. Let's, let's start with number one and let's see, let's see if we're similar at all. So, okay. Do you want me to start? So I'll start. Or do you want to start? I'll start. You go. I'll start. Okay. I'll start. So um, when I really look at what I do on my computer every day, and I think about the apps that I basically, A, have open all day long, B, I am finding the most time spent on this. And I do, I will tell you, we, we use the little tool to actually analyze this for our computer. If you're on a Mac, uh, Apple computer and Mac, uh, there's a function called screen time. Screen time is a system preference on your preferences where it is, if you have it turned on, now you do have the option of turning it off and not tracking this, but if you have it turned on, it actually is calculating for you and showing you what applications are being used and open the most on your computer at any given time. You can look at the last couple of days or the last week or so forth. So I got validation when I went into my, my screen time app to see that, yes, this is the app that is honestly open and, and running the most. And for me, it, it is email. I know we did a whole episode on email a while back talking about the importance of email. And yes, I know that there are moves to move away from email as such a 
core communication hub for us, but I'm not there yet. Email is still my bread and butter. And I, I, I have an email client. I've talked about it on the show that I've kind of had to bat around with a couple different ones due to some technical issues I was experiencing on some, but I have circled back around and I am back on spark as my email client. And uh, email is my, I mean, it's my jam is, is yeah, what I'm, is really what I could probably feel like I've spent about a third of my day just in email. Um, for hmm. me, email is a, yes, of course, it's a way to receive and send messages, but it doubles a little bit sometimes as my to-do list. I, mean, I kind of ha- get things in and I have some folders I can store things in when I know that these are things I need to address or work on kind of becomes my little focused area of, of having certain things rise to the top of importance to make sure I'm addressing those and reading those. Um, so yeah, email is my number one. It is my most <laughs> critical app for me using on a daily basis. And Brian, I'm, I'm going to guess, cause I know you were a little, little, a little uh, back away from email, maybe a little bit more than I was. Is email your number one or you got something different for number one? Yeah. So interesting. Um, mine is uh, flappy bird. And, uh, I don't right. know. I just, I, I can't, <laughs> can't make it through the day. <laughs> no. Um, you know, I, I actually, I actually debated on whether to say mine was mail or web browser. And those okay. were very close together, um, yeah. in terms of, especially recently. So, uh, I, I'm, as I'm sure you, you are, your, your usage probably goes through cycles depending on, you know, this week is heavy on a certain thing and other weeks heavy me, me, especially, you know, the last week, a couple of weeks have been advising time with my students, which means mm-hmm. we're pulling up their programs through the web and looking at, you know, all the things that they need. So I had a huge amount of time spent with a web browser open and probably okay. more than I would normally like. Um, mm-hmm. But I went ahead and put that as my number one, just because I think that is sure. one that I'm not sure I can get by without. It's mm-hmm. the way I interact with lots of things, whether it be you know, Google documents or whether it's um, looking at uh, just looking up information from the university and all that sort of stuff. So I'm going to actually, you know, I'm going to just throw a wrench in there and say that the web browser for me is number one and email being number two. Mm. Now, of course, I'm looking back at my last couple of days. And if I look today, um, both of those were about equal in the amount of time that I spent on them. If I look mm-hmm. yesterday, it has mail was open for nine hours and 45 minutes and mm-hmm. my Safari was open for an hour and a half. So yesterday, obviously, mail was the big winner. And even yeah. the day before that, I think that was uh, similar. So, you know, mail is always open. That's one of the tricks about looking at an app like this is my mail is always open. And yeah. even if it's not up front and it's constantly checking, so it thinks it's working. But right. You know, True. So I, I would say I, I'd say they're pretty darn close in terms of the amount of time that I'm actually engaging on material in both of those. So, so what uh, web web browser are you finding yourself primarily? Using? Yeah. So you know, I, a couple of episodes ago, I talked about Firefox as a as a, a pick again, right? A, an app that's been around for a long time that I'd started using again, and and I purposely brought it up saying that it was great that you could log in, sync across devices, and you could go and log into anything on Firefox and all of your, your content is there. And since that time, I've kind of bounced back to Safari a little bit just in the last week or two, um, mainly because of passwords that I all had synced up through iCloud and all of that. I started realizing that 
not all of those were over into Firefox. But for me, Safari um, and Firefox are the two that I use. Um, how about you? Is there a particular particular use cases where you find yourself using one or the other? Yeah. Well, I would say, like I said, the 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 saved passwords, which I which Firefox can do, but I noticed that, for example, when it's uh, time to pay bills, and I'm logging into lots of different <laughs> accounts, then I realize, oh gosh, you know, I don't have these saved in Firefox, so let me just jump back to Safari where I have them all mm-hmm. saved. I, you know, I can I can fill in uh, the data much easier, much quicker. I can use my fingerprint to do all of that, which of course you can't do with Firefox. Um, Firefox, if I'm going and, as I said before, teaching on campus into different locations, I'm using Firefox all the time because that's the one I know mm-hmm. I have my bookmarks saved across and it's easy. It's it's cross-platform. Um, so I'd say on a, on a normal day-to-day, Safari is probably a better uh, fit until I move over and maybe try to save more passwords within Firefox. But there is, you know, some real... Uh, efficiencies that Safari brings when you're on a Mac in that if you have not only passwords, but you have, you know, uh, autofill things, you have um, connections with, uh, for example, you know, many of you may uh, may have noticed that if you're on a Mac and you are on a site where it asks for a code to be text to you, well, if, if you're on your Mac and you have messages up in the background, it will actually show up as, oh, we just saw a message come in and it's got this code. Would you like us to enter that code in? And I realized that again, with paying bills and things like that, which are always asking for some verification again, I don't have that on Firefox and you can't get that on Firefox. You know, if you're on Firefox and it says enter in your code, you then have to go and actually remember the code, type it back in. Yeah. Like, of course they would like you to do, but there's a lot of efficiencies that Safari can bring um, that, uh, that Firefox cannot for me. So but you pretty much have both browsers at your disposal and you use the one both, based on both my of, uh, which, yep. which purpose you need and, and so forth. Yep. Um, yep. Well, I'll tell you, so my number two is you mentioned your number one was browser then followed by email. So my number two is my web browser as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, I am a Safari user. Porn. So I am uh, uh, going to, going to pitch for Safari. I say Safari is probably, 80% of my web browsing activity. Um, and it's because of what you just mentioned before. It's it's the synergy. It's the integration yeah. with everything yeah. else. The fact that my passwords are already there. I can unlock them with my fingerprint on my laptop. Um, so well integrated with other apps and services on the Mac. So is it the fastest browser? Not really. Probably not. Is it um, the most full featured? Not necessarily either. But the fact that it's so just easily integrated for me makes it, it's kind of my default browser. Yeah. But I will say Google Chrome, I use that other 20, 25% of my browsing time. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it's mainly because there's three or four applications that I use that are web-based applications that will not work on Safari. So I do keep Google Chrome around for that purpose. YouTube TV, if I wanted to watch YouTube TV on my computer, can't do it on Safari. So right. I have to have right. Google Chrome open to watch that. They're uh, QuickBooks Online. I use QuickBooks for a lot of my accounting work, for uh, financial management for my companies and all. Uh, it'll work on Safari. It's just very buggy. And Chrome is a lot more stable with it. So I keep it on Chrome. 
So again, Chrome I use for very specific applications and purposes where Safari is kind of my default. If I want to open up a browser, I click on Safari and I go. Um, but combined, web browsing is kind of my second most uh, popular productive item on my my desktop computer. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Now you mentioned... Yeah, you mentioned mail as kind of your number two. What what email mm-hmm. program are you using at the moment? So I, I'm using actually the built-in mail. Um, and of course, wow. you know, I'm, I'm someone who pushed you originally to to go outside of mail. Um, and I think kind of led you to uh, Spark where you are now. But um, so I've I've kept with mail uh, and and it's only be- it's because of one reason. Um, mail works seamlessly with my university's email system. And there's one very specific thing that happens and it doesn't work on Spark and it doesn't work on um, a couple of other of those unique browser or unique uh, email clients, which is utilizing the university's directory. So for example, if I pull up in mail, I pull up a, a new email and I, and I start typing names, it will go ahead and search all the names in the university system, as well as my contact list. So if I said, Alan, you know, of course you'll come up first because it thinks you're very important. But then as you go down, I can see all the Allens in the university system as well. And, and that's automatically there for me to scroll through. And for, for me, given that I work with students all the time and I don't have them in my contact list. And if someone says, Hey, I need an email, I can start typing their name and not have to go and do a directory search somewhere in order to be able to, to send that email. Spark doesn't do that. They don't t- they don't they don't work very well with our directory system. Uh, if they did, I would be right back to it. And I guess I need to ch- you need to check that again because we have changed our our backend system recently, uh, which sure. may help that. But but that's so that was a big. I mean that was just a huge huge loss when I'm typing an email trying to remember. Oh, I need to send it to it's Johnny someone. And now realize, well, they don't populate, so I have to go and do another search somewhere else in a different app in contacts app or something like that. So so mail allows the, me to do that. Um, uh, as I said, if, it ha- if another one was able to do it, uh, like Spark or one of the others, I would be using that because I love the features that Spark has, you know, the snooze feature and other things that I tend to use even on my mobile. Um, but... Unfortunately, uh, can't do it with uh, with mail. So for me, it's it's mail. And Alan, you uh, correct? You're still using Spark? I am. So Spark okay. is is working good for me. Turn my light back. Spark is. Um, <laughs> I've still got one issue with Spark. I have uh, continued to talk with the uh, the people in charge of the Spark app uh, about my concerns because uh, I still. I think I mentioned to you a while back that I, I was using this app. I love it as a, it's the best email app I've got. However, it does allow you to snooze emails, meaning you, know, you yep. tell it you want to have an email, leave your inbox and come back at another time you specify because you don't need to deal with it right now. If I get an email that says, hey, reminder, there's an event going on Thursday night. I'm like, well, I don't really need to be reminded about that until Thursday morning. So just go right. ahead and remind me Thursday morning instead. The problem with Spark, I've noticed, is that I have some still some random emails I will snooze that will get, even though I'll snooze them to a particular date and time, 
uh, when I go look for them later in my snooze folder to make sure that they're there and that they are going to pop up at the right time, they've been relabeled as someday, which means they're never going to pop back up in my inbox. Um, and that has happened on occasion, and it's not just me. Other people online have said that they've had an issue with it. I tried other email apps, and I just could not find anything I liked as much as Spark, and i gotten so used to Spark already. I bit the bullet and came back. I just have to, unfortunately, every day I go into my snoozed mail folder, and if I see one got tagged as someday, I go in and re, re-snooze it, which is a pain. Yeah. And I'm yeah, really hoping that gets fixed soon, but it was, I had to just weigh it between other, other email programs I had, and Spark still had everything I needed otherwise. So, yep. So that's good for me. I don't have a, the, the university system or any kind of network I have to connect into with the directory at all. So I don't have that limitation like you do. Um, yeah. Otherwise, yeah. I, I totally understand. I would probably go back to the stock email app as well. So Yeah. And as I mentioned, you know, uh, I'm uh, just having you bring this up again. It's going to make me go back and see if you know, somehow in the last six months since I've tried Spark, maybe they've updated their system to uh, be able to, to to work with me a little better. But because I, I did, I loved it. I, I loved using it. I loved the, the snooze feature. I love some of the um, mobile features that allowed you to do a lot of different things with an email. I, I still haven't tried it yet, but the ability to work with someone on an email and kind of connect with you and I connecting and we're making a group email together or writing an email. There's just a lot of great things that I that I think eventually Apple and kind of the built-in mail will take advantage of. Um, mm-hmm. But you know they're kind of ahead of the curve, which is which is great. So, but no, I'm I, with. We're certainly on the same boat. We can't live without email or a web browser. Yeah, so that's basically it. And again, I I really thought about it for a little bit after I came up with this list and said, okay, so basically my two most important apps are ones that are, they're not really specific work related apps for me. They are just, they're very universal apps. I mean, a web browser and an email program, pretty universal. Mm -hmm. But I think it speaks to the fact that, A, we still rely on email for so much of our communications and then B, the web browser, uh, yes, I think it, we're worried past the days where the web browser is just you go to read web pages. Yeah. I mean, we're now actually running apps on our web browser. Yep. And I'd say, yep. you know, half of the apps and programs I use are actually web-based programs. So I use the web browser predominantly for that. So I understand why it's kind of grown in importance even more so for both of us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So let's kind of work down the list a little further. So we're both in the same camp on one and two, just maybe a little flip-flopped on the two. But when we get to number three, um, my third most critical app is is my calendar app. And uh, I'm I'm using Fantastical as my calendar. We talked about that a few episodes ago. I I was singing its praises after you kind of encouraged me to check it out, and I did, and really like it as a calendar app. The reason it's number three for me is I'm I'm a very heavy calendar user. If you were to see my calendar, you'll see it is very a lot of lot of a lot of items on it, a lot of details, a lot of uh, you know. I've got multiple calendars I'm keeping up with: a home calendar, a family, a work one. Uh, you know, I, I run a a film society which has its own calendar I have to keep up with. We've got a podcast mm-hmm. production schedule I keep up with as a calendar. It is my way of always knowing what's going on, not only with my schedule, but the people around me that I, I depend on or need to work with. Um, 
And plus, Fantastical has a nice functionality where it can also tie in your to-do items from your Apple to-do app. Mm. So the idea being that if you have any to-do items on your um, Apple to-do built-in stock to-do application, it can actually bring those into the calendar. If you have like a due date for that to-do item, it'll actually show it on your calendar for that day as a item for that day, which that's the first time I've seen a calendar really do that and make sense the way it does it. So overall, you know, can I live with my calendar like on its own? No, it's dependent on a lot of other things for me to get things done. But when I look at truly like what I spend a lot of time in and, and planning my days and, and managing my workload and um, calendars, calendars pretty heavy use for me. So, yeah. Um, yeah. And fantastic Cal has been really nice to use. It, it's a it's little sluggish. Yeah. yeah, it's, it is. It's a little sluggish on my laptop. I'll give you that. But part of it probably is my laptop's getting pretty old, but I have noticed probably the, the sheer number of calendars I have on it and items <laughs> And then trying to flip through days, I notice gets really sluggish. And uh, I'm due for an upgrade on my laptop, and maybe that'll help fix that. But um, that's my only drawback on it is just sometimes trying to scroll through through days up and or up and down in a day or drag items to another day well, is really really slow for me. Hmm. It gets a little sluggish and a little frustrating, but yeah otherwise it's a great app it's a great app no it's it's it is amazing it's an amazing app and uh and i appreciate now that two of your top three apps are apps that i got you to to buy into so that's I'm true pretty proud that of that. true pretty proud of no, that. you're right um, I, you're right spark email program and fantastic yeah. are both ones yep. you kind of encouraged me to check out and i'm glad i'm glad yep. i did and scene. Yes, that's all we can do. We just stop. No, actually, I, I use Fantastical um, and have been for, for many, many years. And it is, I put it down as my number four. Um, okay. Even though I would say I I would, I would shudder to think uh, of going through the day without using it. Uh, and it's incredibly uh, helpful. Uh, but for me, number three is and I'm kind of grouping Microsoft Office all into one. And I know that there's different apps in there, Word, Excel, PowerPoint, but I use all three of those every single day and in probably equal use um, for uh, for work. Um, and uh, so, and, and I'm not necessarily proud of it um, because I would love to, you know, maneuver to uh, maybe some more creative uses uh, like, using pages and keynote and some of the things that can be a little bit more visually appealing. Uh, work is still our Microsoft word or Microsoft office itself is still a little bland and it is kind of been around and hasn't really, you know, changed a lot over the last uh, many years. But I think that's why in a, especially in a university system that I still use it because everybody yeah. else uses it and, and right. it's easy to, uh, send documents between the two. You know, when you send a doc, a Word doc to someone, they can open it because they've got Microsoft Word as well. Yeah. Um, so for me, that that's still you know, it's that's the one of all of the actually, yeah, all the all the the apps on my list. That's the one that if I could get away from them, I would. Um, mm. I'd love to shift to you something, are something more creative. So you're saying you're using it kind of, kind of begrudgingly. You, you'd rather totally. not have to use totally. it. Um, yep. Yeah. I would love to use, I mean, not, not use Excel and use sheets or use um, 
uh, numbers. I mean, something that can do yeah. some of the same things, but do them a little bit more creatively and, and potentially more and more exciting ways. And it, this really is kind of the, I have to, I have to use this. And, um, uh, I don't see myself getting away from it for quite a while. Um, so yeah, but it's, it's, it's my number three, then fantastic Al being my number four, uh, okay. because I, you know, I just I love the I love the app and I love uh, what it does for me. Even though there's a built-in version of the calendar on on Apple that's decent, and there's all sorts of ways I could have gotten it, that same info, but I just love what Fantastical does as well. Yeah, I you know the Apple Calendar app is fine, and I used it up until Fantastical. Uh, I started looking at Fantastical because. The Apple Calendar app, again, it's all about bugs for me. Whenever I start to encounter some issues and bugs, the Apple Calendar app would constantly, even if I changed the time of an event, I'd drag to another time. It would sometimes, because of whatever it's doing, syncing in the background, it would Mm -hmm. revert it back to the original time that Uh, I had it at. And it would do that a lot, like constantly, to the point where it was really aggravating sometimes trying to change times on an event. So... That caused me to start looking, and I'm glad I did because Fantastic Cal is already so much better for it. Yeah. Can um, I, Alan, can I mention one really mm-hmm. quick thing about Fantastic Cal? Sure. I don't know if you use this yeah. or not, um, but I just realized it the other day because Fantastic Cal is one of those that since I've been using it so long, I I don't I don't typically go into the preferences to see what new things are there because mm-hmm. I just have the way that I use it. And I told you a long time ago that uh, the reason I got Fantastic Cal the very first time was because of the menu bar. Right, having my calendar in the menu bar to where I can do a keystroke oh, right. drops sure. down. Right, mm-hmm. that was yeah. the whole reason I got it to begin with. Um, and I just realized the other day that another app that I had on my computer for a menu bar application, which was called Up Next, I was using mm-hmm. that. Um, which all it does is in the in the menu, it would tell you what your next meeting is on your calendar, and it says, oh, okay. you know, in sure. 22, 22 minutes, you have mm-hmm. this. Yeah. Well, Fantastical now does that, and I didn't realize mm-hmm. it. It did. So I found that out the other day that not only can I have the menu bar calendar that's up there that tells me, you know, what the date today's date is, and I can just see the number, and then when I do a drop down, I can actually see the calendar. But right next to it, I have what's up next in my calendar, and I'm like, oh, I'm so happy because now I get rid of that other app, which really, you yeah. know, wasn't needed, uh, and have it all working together. So. Well, it. It, it does that. And also, um, I think maybe another setting that you can have is like right now, I don't have it showing my next upcoming meeting up in my menu bar. But if um, if something I've got coming up is a Zoom or WebEx or something to join into, it does change up there at the top. Give me that indication and lets me go kind icon. of one click to go right into it, which is nice. Yeah, so, that's, yeah. that's really, really it's nice. Really, yep. it's, it's just, it's a great app. I'm really, yep. really enjoying it quite a bit. Yep. Now, you mentioned Microsoft Office as kind yeah. of your, your number. Yeah, is that in yours at all? It, it is just a part of it. Um, Microsoft Excel specifically for me. So mm. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to say to you, kind of piggyback on what you were saying about you wish you could use other, other apps or, or get away from it. Um, I agree with you on Microsoft Word pages. I enjoy using so much more than Microsoft Word. I use yeah. Microsoft Word because the same reason you you said is that it's universal. Everybody has yeah. it. I don't have to worry about if I send them a document, whether or not they can open it or not. And you know, people are constantly getting advice from me on 
working in something in Word. And of course, I need to have it up and running to be able to, you know, do that, to help them with it. And I feel the same way about uh, Keynote over PowerPoint. Yeah. I would much rather use Keynote than PowerPoint, but I will keep PowerPoint around in case I know I've got to make something that I need to send to somebody else for them to work on as well. Yeah. But the one, the one app I will say, Microsoft, I, I cannot get into numbers and it's mm-hmm. because of Microsoft Excel. I am a, you know, Brian, my day consists of about 50% of my time is, working on uh, data and survey data analysis and reporting and Microsoft Excel is my, I mean, that is my singular app for doing almost everything I do on that side of the work. Um, I'm again, it, it's a very work specific application need for me, yeah. but it's, it's there and it's important. And I've tried using numbers, the Apple built in numbers app. And yes, it'll make things pretty, mm-hmm. but it, it doesn't have that same functionality. I still find myself feeling mm-hmm. like my hands are tied a little bit because I do get pretty deep into Excel, um, working in a lot of things. For me, Excel, I, it, it, sometimes it doubles as my word processor. Sometimes I will use Excel to put together what you may consider to be a word document, but I just need it formatted in a way that's a little more yeah. grid and a yeah. little more uh, control over how things are formatted. And I feel like I can do it better in Excel Sometimes that I can't word. So mm-hmm. Excel, I'm, I was surprised how much I use it when I looked at my, my, my stats, but yeah, it's, it's pretty heavy use on my computer. So I could probably do without word and PowerPoint if I had to, and just use the built-in Apple apps and be fine. But Excel, I don't yeah. see how I could get away from that. It's a uh, numbers has still just not come around or even Google's no, uh, sheets. spreadsheets, sheets. Google sheets. Yeah, they're just still not anywhere in the ballpark for me on where Excel can go and what you can do with it. So, um, yeah, I think I mean I think you're you're probably right there. I I do think some of it feels that way to me because I'm just comfortable and used to what Excel does. Or the same thing with PowerPoint, right? I mean, for me, I'm 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 on PowerPoint all the time, you know, with with teaching classes. But um, and I find that I'm I'm slow and clunky putting together a keynote even though it's going to be so much nicer and so much more appealing and it has more functions that uh, I would love to be able to use like live video and all of that, that you can put into those keynote uh, presentations. But I just have my system in place to where I know I can double click here and I can slide here and all of that's going to work in a particular way. So that's still why, you know, Excel is super clean and easy for me as I can, I can use it and I know my keystrokes and I know what's going to get, you know, how to make certain little things happen. So uh, it'll take me a while for sure to move away from office, but I'm hoping that I can continue to chip away maybe one app at a time um, and eventually get to the point where I'm, uh, you know, making all of my documents in the the other format. So all right. It'd be nice. We're getting there. All right, so that was my number four, Microsoft. Okay, Excel. so really, you mentioned our one and your, two were swapped, our three and four were swapped, right? But with basically, the same top four, you know, you, you top you're four. a little heavier on Word uh, on Office, yeah. and I'm a little heavier yeah. on Excel, but still, Microsoft is still a key key application used for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we're both kind of caught up on our top four mm-hmm. now. After that, my number five is a. Okay. Uh, is a it's a communications app, and we've talked about it on a previous show, as most of these I think we have. Uh, it is Slack. So I do find myself in the world of Slack 
pretty often. I mean, it's another app that I have open all day long for various reasons. And uh, let me go ahead and bring up a little slide about it in case anybody's still not familiar with what we're talking about with, with Slack. Slack, uh, for those not familiar, is a communication kind of hub application. What it's meant for is uh, it is a, a free app. I mean, there is a paid version of it, but otherwise, if you don't use it too extensively uh, for with too many messages or too much history behind it, you can use it for free. And the idea is that you can get members of your team and your team can consist of whatever you want it to be. Uh, it could be coworkers or Brian, you and I have a Slack channel set up for this show yeah. that you and I use for sometimes notes and sharing links with one another. Uh, I've got one with my film society. So people involved in that, I've got a Slack community that I've formed with them. And then there's a couple pastimes like, uh, uh, college basketball, my Carolina Tar Heels. There's actually a Slack I, I'm a part of where people with a similar topic and interest, we can all swap ideas and, and talk. But Slack is great because it keeps up with, you know, threads of communications between people. You can have a direct one-to-one dialogue with one person or you can broadcast out something in a channel that multiple people can see, anybody who is subscribed to that channel within your group. And, um, you can send files, you can send links, you can send media back and forth. They've even rolled out where if you click a button, you can do a video call or audio call from within Slack. So it kind of doubles as your your own internal Zoom or, or, or a video conferencing platform in a way. Um, it's just, and it's kind of, it's a fun app to use. So I think it's kind of fun to use. I use it with my coworkers in, in the office. So we all have a Slack channel I'm on. Again, I mentioned the one for this show my film society work uh, and then a couple of just pastime ones where I don't do a lot of posting, but I do a lot of reading and we'll kind of check in with what other people are saying about these topics. And um, so right now I think at any given time, I've got five or six like groups in, in Slack at one time that I could toggle between and check out communications with. So uh, it's a fun app. I I really thoroughly enjoy using it. Um, It has kind of replaced messages for me for my team communications. Yeah. Um, Messages. I still text messages. I still use for anybody outside of those groups, but within my, my colleagues, within my people, within these other groups, I'm a part of Slack is the way we, we dialogue more, more than not. So yeah. (laughs) So that, that's mine there. Yeah. It's like one of your top apps. It is. It is not, it is not the only the only time I use Slack now is with with you, and and we we use it at a very limited level. You and I, which is you know I, I pass documents to you and and back and forth. But I would like to. Uh, it is something that I would love to see, you know, go away from email and move towards kind of group uh, organization communication that way. But uh, but I don't use it yet. Um, but as I said, I, I would I would love to. I just find myself that using it would with most of the groups that I'm interacting with at work, they're never going to use it. <laughs> so okay. I'm, I you know I'm finding myself well, doing it. Slack is not a great app if you just are the only one using it. Yeah, um, it's kind of pointless at that point. So <laughs> you do have to have other people buying into it. Now I'll say yeah. this about Slack. Um, you mentioned about getting away from email and, uh, that is one thing I've had to kind of work with everybody around me that, that we're on Slack with it's very tempting to go into Slack and send somebody, Hey, 
can you get this for me? Or can you send me this? Or can you do this for me? But then, you know, we also still have email as a communication platform. And to me, email is much more of a, I can see everything that's being sent to me and I can prioritize and organize those emails in the order I need to. Slack doesn't quite work that way. It's really more of like you are on various message chains with other people. So the one thing I've had to be very careful about and kind of ask everybody to do is don't use Slack to send me a to-do item. Don't send me a Slack message asking me to do something that I need to do by next week or whatever. I need an email for that because otherwise the Slack, I mean, once you've said it and then if you say something else, just like a text message, it's, it's, it's gone. It's scrolled yeah. up yeah, yeah, unless yeah. I manually go in there and say, set me a reminder on this message that they just sent me and remind mm-hmm. me about this message like a week later. So I, I do have to be very careful about it. I don't, you know, I, I'm afraid sometimes it's easy to miss things in Slack that you need to do or follow up on. So I do ask people not to use Slack to send me a to-do item. Yeah. But um, but at least if they're just asking a question, they need to know something. Hey, what was the last time you talked to this client? Uh, what was, uh, have you heard about this? Oh, hey, here's a link to a great article I just read. Check it out. Those are great things to share in Slack. And that's really what that kind of community dialogue is for in that in an app like that yeah but uh, i don't think it quite doubles as a to-do list item or a, as a way of organizing messages and organizing things that people are sending you like a like email does so yeah let me just make a quick plug on uh, uh, it's not an app but it's mm-hmm. and i use well it's it's an app on my phone but it's not an app on the computer it's it goes through a website but i do a very similar thing uh with group me and okay. GroupMe is a, is a website that allows you to cross-platform, basically send a, send messages to a large group of people. Uh, and you can have that stream of messages continue to go. So it's basically, it's your messages app, but it's messages that are really geared towards, you know, groups and teams, right? Kind of GroupMe. Um, and, you know, I, I started using that when I started coaching again because, with my with my players, you know, then it would get to them with a notification pretty easily. But I had one for the coaches, one for the players, one for the coaches and the players. They were just different streams that were always available. And I didn't want to have to continue to look for my through my messages uh, list of all the messages to try to go back to that mm. address and all that sort of thing. So mm, uh, and okay. they were already using it. It's a kind of a clean it also nice to be able to work with people that maybe you don't want on your cell phone all the time that you can still kind of turn on and off when you want mm. to receive messages from these folks. Um, so I think that that's a, it's a different way. It's not like Slack in that it's not built for websites and documents and that sort of thing. You can attach things, but it really is strictly just, you know, messages to a large group um, that can be hmm. done in, uh, in a couple of different ways. So, oh. so I use that uh, as probably a similar way that you're using um, Slack, but maybe uh, might be helpful for some people, especially when you're going cl- cross-platform uh, messages and you want to keep them off of your text message stream. Um, yeah. I had never heard of that app. So great. Good yeah. call on that to check that out. Yeah. It's interesting. Mm. So I'll give you my number is since, um, Slack is not in my sure. list at all, but I'll give you my number five. Five. Uh, yep. This is my number, number five. five. Yeah. And so this is for my task, um, keeping my tasks straight. And I use a, a, a an app called Things. 
And Alan, I know you and I have talked about this before. I think you've used things before. I think we're on mm-hmm. things three now, I think version three. Um, but and this is, I will, I will go ahead and say, I'll be completely upfront that I use it and I don't use it to the, uh, to its capabilities. It has sure. a lot of capabilities that I just don't use. And I wish I would focus myself to be able to use it, but uh, I use it strictly as a to-do list, um, but I like the fact that this to-do list can integrate with lots of other things on my computer. Um, so what this is, is uh, things is, you know, I'll pull up this uh, and have this on my computer all day long, just as a window in the background. It is anytime that I have something I need to do, I'll go in, click, say, plus, add add a note. This is what I need to do. And right underneath that, say, when do I need to do it? And I can click one button and see a calendar and click and say, I need to do it on that day. Um, and then it goes away off that, you know, off that today list. And then it'll come back in on uh, whatever day I ask it to. has a checkbox. Once I check it off, it comes off of my list. It's just super simple. But what I like about it compared to some of the other to-do uh, list is that it has some sub-bullets that you can have. Let's say that I... I have a, a project that I want to, I need to make sure I'm working, but the project has five different components. And well, I'll give an example. I have uh, some research students that I needed to read, I needed to read and grade their proposals and there's five of them. And so grading proposal was my to-do. And then when I click on it, it drops down a checklist underneath of all their names. So I can check mm. which one of them. And then yeah. of course it doesn't all go away until I knock them all out. But what's probably really cool about this one, and and I don't use it to the extent that I should, but anything else that I'm doing on the computer, like if I'm on an email and I see that that email needs to be related to something that I need to do in the future, there are ways to have kind of a keystroke in other apps where for me, I think it's a shift command T and it pulls up a little window, floating window that says, okay, let's make a to do list or to do that's based on this email and it has a link that it embeds within the to-do that takes you back to that email. So now I could have in my to-do list, you know, uh, do this particular thing. And in order to do that thing, I need to go back and look at that email. I can click on the link within the to-do and it takes me back specifically to that email. So, you know, there, there are little things that I've gotten really used to using with it and it's clean. And I like the fact that it's, um, you know, an app that's on my phone, it's on my iPad, it's on my computer. Uh, it all syncs up across uh, across apps. Now, you can do most of this stuff with the built-in reminders app within uh, within Mac, but not to the extent, right? Not to the to the no, some addition. Not features. to the extent. No, when you talk no. about having to do items with sub bullets underneath it, yeah, you can't really pull that off in the stock uh, reminders mm-hmm. app. Um, also one thing I know things does that I really liked and, and the to do app I use now has the same functionality is I can have different kind of focus areas. So for example, yeah. if I've got, if I want to put something in a kind of a, a grouping for home items, I can have my own set of to do items and list within the home area, but I can have a whole nother grouping for work, you know, and just really right. keep them kind of separated. I know you can create, separate to-do list in the Apple reminders app. But I just like the idea of having it kind of all under one umbrella. It's like, all right, I'm at home. So I only need to look at anything in my home universe of to-do items. I don't want to see any of my work ones and vice versa. 
So it is uh, kind of nice. It gives you like three or four levels of grouping, which is uh, where I think it really excels as a as a nice to do app. So yep, yeah, yeah. So that's that's use, big. Uh, that's important because it's it's on my computer all the time, and that's yeah. that's what's keeping me organized. Yep. Sure, it is an honorable mention for me. Not things I use one called To yep. Do, which is the number two yep. uh, D O, uh, but it's functionality is very very similar to things. Yep. And um, I use that is is my number eight. If I had to, if we were to go to eight, it would be up there. My problem is I don't use it as effectively as I should. Yeah. <laughs> so yep. um, unfortunately, a day will go by and I did not open the to do app and I have to go back and change everything to reflect new due dates. And that was, <laughs> that's never fun. And it gets me frustrated and that's my own doing. So uh, yep. I've got to get better with that. All right. All right. So that was your number five. That was my number five. That's your number five. Yes. Yes, my number five. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, let's go ahead and um, I got to get into one that I I know you're not going to have. And I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it because it's a very specific for me work related um, app. But it is one I I am in every single day and using. Let's see where I've got it here. I know I've got it somewhere on the, yeah, so here it is. So I, you know, I mentioned that half my day is spent on data and analysis of data and reporting and so forth. The other half the day is working in video. Mm -hmm. I I shoot, record, produce video for a lot of different clients or for uh, projects I'm working on. And Final Cut Pro is the app for me that I use. Um, it is a more pro level app for video editing. I don't recommend it for anybody who just wants to do casual video editing. They just want to take home movies and edit them together. There are some great more consumer level apps for that. Even Apple has one called their iMovie app, which is a great app. It works beautifully for people who just want to dabble in editing. But for me, I do have to have a little higher capacity to work in, but this is honestly up in my computer six hours a day um, running or doing something. So whether I'm editing uh, this show, you know, work putting together a, a video version of this show, whether I'm producing some things for some clients or um, we just finished recording some events and I need to edit them down and put them back up on YouTube. So Final Cut is my is my jam for that. And this, mm-hmm. uh, I love the fact that, I mean, this is an app that Brian used to be over $1,000 uh, years ago. And I mean, it used to be you plucked down a thousand bucks and then there would be an upgrade every couple of years, which was cost the upgrade would cost yeah, a couple hundred dollars. Crazy. Nowadays, you can buy one time $300, which is still an expensive app, but $300 one time and it's upgraded forever. I mean, I bought Final Cut Pro 10 years ago, maybe, and haven't had to pay for it again since. And to so think they have I'm not using, moved to a subscription model? No. Like many others have. Mm-hmm. Okay. Apple's pro apps are, are one-time purchases. And okay. uh, so I hope that keeps because I don't, you know, I like having already put my investment in and not having to do it again every year. Yeah. But um, yep. it's, it's a great deal. So, I mean, if, 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 uh, if, if you're a, if you're dabbling in video and editing and you feel like maybe the consumer level tools are just not giving you all the bells and whistles and functionality you want and you're on a Mac, Final Cut Pro is a great, great application. I um, It's probably my favorite application to use just in terms of yeah. getting in and just really working with. So 
But again, I know that's going to be a little more unique for me. So, yep, that's not in my list. I actually have never used Final Cut Pro. Yeah. Um, so there you go. All right. Yeah. So that's that's out there. In my list. So that is my number six. Okay. Brian, where are you my, with your? My number six, six is uh, is one that also I would say somewhat begrudgingly that I'm using mm-hmm. a lot, and it probably could be much further up in my list depending on the week. Is Zoom? I am on Zoom. A lot. Ah, the old Zoom. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I am. Uh, many meetings uh, are on Zoom these days, and uh, and I, it, I, I will say I'll say begrudgingly, but I also say I'm very very happy with the fact that I have Zoom, and there are. Uh, I think it works really well. I think it, they've done a nice job of continuing to update um, and stay current and making sure that they're squashing bugs. Um, I think me, it's it's begrudgingly, it's just about being on video conferencing in general. Right. Um, yeah, yeah, I was going to say time, the, the but... problem. Yeah, the problem. I, I'm with you. Zoom is actually my number seven. So I'm that's okay. going to be the last one I'll bring up as well. And I'm with you. I, I don't think the problem is Zoom. The problem is just that we're having to do video conferencing yes. and, and, yeah. and dealing with the, the inherent issues that come along with video conferencing on its own. But I tell you, of all the platforms I've used, I mean... Uh, Zoom is still to me the most reliable. Yeah, it has been the the one that has the least amount of fail points to it. Um, and I think you know it's also kind of people know how to use it, so I don't find right. I don't find yeah, a lot of really people jumping right into a Zoom room having to figure things out as much, which is yep. nice. So yeah. other uh, than turning off the their mute, which is always a challenge, well, but, but that's for any that's of everyone. these apps. That's everyone. No, no. I mean, again, I can't complain about Zoom itself. Uh, I just uh, I wish I didn't have to be on uh, virtual calls all the time, but uh, no, I think it works incredibly well. And uh, and you know there are some initially some tricky pieces of using Zoom with external monitors and all of that sort of thing. But once you get the hang of it, um, which they did a really good job of grabbing the large market share early on and being the big players when you know the pandemic hit. Um, so I, I think you're right. Everybody knows how to use it. Um, and uh, if you would have done this three years ago and said to someone trying to schedule a meeting with you, Alan, hey, do you want to just Zoom? It would have taken them forever, a non-user, to try to figure out how to get on and all that sort of thing. Nowadays, it doesn't matter who it is. You could say, you know, I'll see you on Zoom, and, and everybody seems to know. So I, I think, uh, yeah. So it's down on my list because I may be wishful thinking that it, I wouldn't need it as much day to day, but, uh, but I do, I use it daily and, uh, yeah. uh and it, I'm it there is with you. Great. I mean, it's, I had three zoom meetings just today and, uh, yep. you know, it's, yep. it's up and running. It's, it's pretty active on mine as well. Uh, I, I do shudder sometimes when I get invited to a meeting that's not on zoom. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'll tell you what Microsoft teams I've gotten on invited to a lot of Microsoft team meetings, for whatever reason, I have seen to have the most problems when I try to connect Jesus with stuff. an external microphone and all on Microsoft Teams. It just, yep. it it hardly, it only works half the time for me. And then um, yeah. uh, Google Meet, I think I love the idea of Google having a in-browser kind of yep. ready to go video conferencing, but it's also been extremely unreliable quality-wise yeah, for miss. me. So yep. yeah, Zoom's the only one I feel like. I've got a pretty good sense of consistency of how good it's going to work when I use it. So, yep. yeah. Yep. Uh, let's see. I'll, I'll go the you next one. Alan. one. 
Yeah, yeah my, my last one uh, was a little tricky and that I don't necessarily have to have it up on my computer, but I really like having it up on my computer. And that is messages. Uh, messages as being the messages app. And, and I'll tell you, Alan, the reason I like having it on the, it was, to me, it was a game changer when I was able to put the messages app on my computer because I'm still a person who doesn't like texting, finger typing, <laughs> finger typing. You don't like the, uh, annoying. The, the, just, the just thumb, finger thumb texting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm just, I mean, I, sure I do it and I do it quite a bit throughout the day if I need to, if I've got my phone on me, but the ability to, I mean, I'll have some Alan where I'm away from my computer. Yes. I see a text come in. And if I know that I'm going to get back to my computer in the next 10 or 15 minutes, I will hold off and I will answer a bunch of texts that way. Cause I'd much rather type on a keyboard than I would type on my oh, sure. phone. So the ability for being able to actually say things appropriately, see it appropriately without having to strain my eyes to see what's on the phone. Um, it's yeah, it's, it's great. And uh, so having that was kind of a game changer as being my communication capability and took away some of my use of email. I mean, I've got mm-hmm. both of them up and if it's somebody that's, you know, a, a friend of mine, I, I actually prefer sending them the message because I can type out the same information, put the link in all of that stuff easily that I would have done in an email. And I know that, you know, maybe it's a preferred method of communication with them. Um, so yeah, to me, it's become, you know, very uh, close connection to even email. Uh, email is certainly more work-based, obviously, but messages for me is anything outside of that. As long as I have it up on my computer to where I can use my keyboard and I'm not having to just type with my fingers, um, yeah, I, I, I enjoy it. So the messages app on the computer has been kind of a game changer for me. Well, I'm with you on that. I, I do keep the messages app running on my computer uh, whenever I'm working during the day or at my computer in general. Uh, and I, I'm with you as well. I'd much rather prefer to type out things yeah. with a keyboard into that app. I'll tell you what has been a uh, awesome little setup for me lately, just even the last couple of weeks, since Apple rolled out the universal control, which we talked about uh, yeah. a few weeks ago is on an updates episode where I can have my iPad just sitting up next to my computer when I'm working. I actually keep the messages app over on the iPad and running on the iPad. And then that way, if I am working and a message comes in, I can still use my keyboard and mouse to slide over to my iPad and I can type my responses on the iPad version of it, which is great. So it gives me the same functionality that the desktop does, but it doesn't take up any real estate on my computer. I've got it off kind of off to the side. So I'm able to focus in on what I'm doing work-wise, but yet if I do want to hop over here and check a message or respond to somebody, I have it on its own side screen on an iPad format, which is just kind of fun. Another way to use it. Another way to, think about using messages but i'm with you in that i do i do have it open pretty pretty often on that so yeah yeah so well, we're it, we're not we're not that different there i think we only had two one each that was really unique from yeah. one another, maybe two well i think it's interesting brian as we talk about which apps we're using the most i mean other than me bringing up final cut pro which is a very task specific very focused type of work program yeah. everything else is either about communications, okay, email, Spark, um, uh, messages, Zoom, um, Zoom all that. It's all about communications. 
or it's very general, broad, uh, like web browser, you know, to use yeah. for things. And it's interesting that that's the app we still find ourselves using the most. I mean, um, yeah, I don't know. It's just it's just interesting. I wouldn't think, you know, web, again, like I said, years ago, I don't think anybody would have said that the web browser would be one of our number one productivity no. and kind of useful apps. But nowadays it is. Sure. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, it, it, you, if you asked me five years ago, even, uh, I would probably have it down at four or five on my list. Yeah. Um, so, and I think a lot of that is because, as you said, it's become not just about going and searching for information and not just now, about every reading things, it's right. Like interacting business with things that you're now, actually yeah. doing can yeah. actually be done there. So, so Alan, let's, you know, but before we wrap up here, um, we did mention how I want to, I want us to challenge us a little bit. So to see yeah. of these, mm-hmm. what's the fewest, if I told you, you had to still do the job that you do, right? You still have to do everything that you do, but I'm going to make you trim down the number of apps that you have. How, how few apps could you get by with? Um, I could get by with, I'm going to say four. Ooh. Okay. okay. Get down to four. I thought about this. Okay. Um, I have to have email. I mean, that is still the, my default communication. I, I, if I didn't have email, you know, trying to think about doing all the productive work on email I do now, but doing it in messages or doing it in any other place, I, I couldn't do it. Okay. I've got to have the web browser because right now it's too many functions, too many applications, too many things I depend on are through the web browser. Okay. Um, and then my two work related apps that are specific to the job I do that I don't have a replacement for, couldn't do without Microsoft Excel, Final Cut Pro. Hmm. I could do without the calendar app if I had to. Yeah. I wouldn't yeah. enjoy it, but you I could want get, to. <laughs> I could right. I could do it. Yeah. I could do without Zoom and just tell you that nope, I'm only doing phone calls and I'm only doing in-person meetings. I'm not doing any <laughs> Zoom calls. Um but that's uh that's it. I mean, I could get rid of those and I could get rid of Slack. Slack is yeah, Slack is nice, but it's not mission critical that I can't function without it. So I could get rid of three of the seven, but I've got to have those four to do anything that I do and be, be at all productive in, in what I do for a living. So what about you? Okay, well, I'm going to I'm going to see your four and okay. I will lower you uh, to one. I think if I if you force me to, I could do everything that I do on a browser. Ah, because you can do your email through the browser. Yeah, I could have an email on one window. You could do your I, Google I, Docs instead of Microsoft I could go, Word. I could go Google Meet. I could you go could have your calendar. Yeah, Google Docs. I could have the calendar on a window. Oh, see, you thought about it in a smarter way. Than uh, that. You're right. Well, You're I right. mean, that makes sense. Yeah. but <laughs> The only things I can't do in a browser that I mentioned up above are Final Cut. my video editing and Microsoft yeah. Excel. Yeah, so I would have in, to be in your to Excel. Three. Yeah, I, I could I, I could, could be probably ship the sheets if I needed to for some of the things I, that I, I do. But yeah. um, and of course, there's there's a couple of apps that are down kind of below the fold here that um, you know I've got some statistical software that I use that uh, I use quite a bit with with my my research. But um, but yeah, I think I think this is the creative part about now for people. Well, 
And actually, I was like, thinking about this, Alan. If if I gave you a Chromebook, yeah, that's exactly right. what you would be doing, right? Well, You'd be that's doing what I was going to say is that you basically yeah. you basically created the example where that is how Chrome is intending to work as an as right. an operating system. Is it's just a browser, and you're right. If you can check your email through a web browser, you can make work on word processing docs in a word uh, in a uh, web browser. Uh, you can have a to do item uh, functionality somewhere in a web browser. Uh, you can do video conferencing within a web browser. Yeah, so yep. it's like, you're right. You basically have described what the Chrome OS that, uh, you know, a lot of students uh, are using yep. for, uh, for with laptops that are provided to them by the schools are all based on that Google's Chrome OS, which is just a browser running on a computer. But the browser gives you a lot of that capability. So you're right. Yeah. Yep. And, um, and you know what, Alan, all of those things could have been done five, eight, five, seven years ago through a browser as well, but not n- nearly as efficiently as they are now. Uh, no, when yeah. when the browsers, the HTML started allowing drag and drop and all of these things that make it feel like a normal app, like you pull up a web or you pull up an email on the web browser now and you can drag things into folders mm-hmm. and all of that, which before it was, okay, I'm going to click on this. It's going to bring up a new window. I'm going to have to yeah. do that. It's, you know, Once that started happening, I started realizing... It's not the worst thing in the world if I'm stuck without, or if I'm stuck on someone else's computer and need to go through their web browser to True. get to my email, to my well, things. And think about this. I mean, we've talked in the past, Brian, about kind of a perfect world computing scenario where it's almost like the computer is, it, it's more of whether your phone is kind of, or your, your portable yeah. device, you can yeah. come up and dock at a computer and then all of your files, all of your, uh, everything of yours, doesn't matter what computer you go up to. It just, everything looks the same once you pop in yep. your phone and you dock it there. Well, the web browser is kind of that same functionality. If you can log in to your web browser, log into Chrome and Chrome knows all of your settings. It knows all of your bookmarks. It knows all of the places, your passwords. So then you've logged in on somebody else's computer. You you can get kind of close to that kind of idea. Um, So you're right. The web browser does kind of change the game on that for us. And uh, again, I just can't do high end uh, data analysis work and I can't do uh, video editing on a browser, but otherwise you're right. I could do everything else. Yeah. So, I mean, we'll, we'll be, you know, we'll have to check in if we're still doing this podcast in a couple of years, God forbid, um, <laughs> you know, you, you and I can do this again and see if we've actually moved more fully yeah. to the browser, because I believe that if anything have, if anything, it's going to continue to go in that direction where the browser is just going to become much more powerful, much more useful, uh, much more app-like. Um, and yeah, uh, I can see and that. I think, and and again, when when we're getting to the point where it used to be the internet was our barrier, like I didn't want to be stuck somewhere that didn't have internet and not be able to use the browser, which is where I was doing the work. So I always wanted things local. I wanted local apps. I wanted local copies. Um, now there's very few times where I can't get on a Wi-Fi signal yeah. or you know go through a hotspot of my phone and my phone has yeah. a signal. So. Yeah, I think we're getting closer. We're getting closer to yeah. that. So, I yeah. completely agree. I'm with you 100. Yeah. I uh, think we're on the same page with that. All right. So that is kind of our uh, that is our our makeup of our computing life, and it sounds like we're fairly similar similar on many items there, but a couple of unique ones between us. And yeah, uh, my, mine was a little better, um, but that's kind of to be expected. And 
we'll let the we'll let the listeners decide. Let the listeners decide which which one is more like their day to day work. Or do we have an one? odd number of listeners now? I knew it used to be six. Is it seven now? So that we can actually break a tie. I, I hope we can get a tiebreaker <laughs> there. Yeah, that would be nice. All right, all right. Well, Brian, if anybody wants to maybe kind of inquire about any of the apps or functions we were talking about, maybe ask some questions or. Maybe uh, there's a what's your what's your favorite app? What's what's an app that you find yourself yeah. using a lot more on your day to day basis? That uh, whether so unique to you or something more universal that maybe we didn't uh, haven't considered or haven't found ourselves using quite as much yet, but could be in the future. Let's talk about it. Tell us about it. So, Brian, how can they reach out to us? Yeah, well, if you are one of those non-family members uh, that actually listens to the podcast, we'd love to hear from you. Send us an, inf- uh, an email at info at themesh.tv, info at themesh.tv, and uh, we will gladly kind of try to integrate some of your thoughts and suggestions into the show. Uh, you can also go to our website, which is www.brothers-n-tech.com, and uh, you can get uh, earlier episodes, go back and take a look at uh, what we've been doing yeah. before. And uh, and there's a contact form also on the uh, website where you can reach out to us as well if you'd rather do that. So, uh, yeah. yeah, so we uh, this was this was kind of fun. It's always nice kind of peering behind the curtain a little bit and seeing what we're doing in our daily. Well, life. I mean, I think our, I think our, our preparation really showed in this one, you know, I mean, I think it really, it shows it that as we prepare heavily as we did, it comes across, you know, right. very clear. it's basically, I just, when we said we need a topic, I honestly just looked at on my, around my computer. I'm like, well, let's just talk about what's up on our screen right now. <laughs> That was basically our episode. Yeah. Not too bad. And we talked for our typical one hour about it. So what do you know? Of course we did. Of course we did. All right. Well, we're going to sign off. Thanks so much for watching or listening, whichever you chose to do. And uh, we'll be back soon with another episode. I think we have a uh, suggestions episode coming up soon. Yes, I believe. It might be next in line for us to do a Brothers and Tech Suggestions where we both recommend something, an app. It will not be one of the seven we've talked about here today. It'll be something either newer or something we've been trying out or using or want to really uh, brag about to people and see if we can convince the other one of us to splurge to get it as well. So stay tuned for that. That should be coming up here in the next week or two. Uh, But otherwise, we will talk to you next time. Thanks for watching or listening to Brothers in Tech here on TheMesh.TV. Bye-bye. You've been listening to The Mesh, an online media network of shows and programs ranging from business to arts, sports to entertainment, music to community. All programs are available on the website as well as through iTunes and YouTube. Check us out online at themesh.tv. Discover other network shows and give us feedback on what you just heard.